ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له من اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله ارسله الله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله ولو كره الكافرون ولو كره المشركون ولو كره المنافقون اما بعد فقد قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال عز وجل في كتابه الكريم لقد جاءكم رسول من انفسكم عزيز عليه ما عنتم حريص عليكم بالمؤمنين رؤوف رحيم فان تولوا فقل حسبي الله لا اله الا هو عليه توكلت وهو رب العرش العظيم وصدق الله العظيم all praise be to allah and may his peace and blessings be upon his servant and messenger our master sayyidna muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam may the peace and blessings of allah ta'ala be upon him and upon his noble companions and upon his pure wives and upon his mubarak and blessed family and progeny and upon all of those who follow all of their way until the day of judgment very near to the opening verses of the quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the creation of our father Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam and he introduces him to the angels and all of those creatures in order of rank descending thereafter by saying inni ja'ilun fil ardi khalifa that I am placing in the land a khalifa what does the word khalifa mean because of the overwhelming dominance of materialism in the age that we live in oftentimes the first place our minds go when thinking about khalifa is a particular and specific meaning technical meaning of this word which describes the sovereign leader of the muslim polity that is definitely a meaning in which this word has value in the deen however it's not the only one and it's not the primary one either the primary meaning goes back all the way to the beginning when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that I'm putting a khalifa in the earth who is that khalifa it's our father Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam and the mantle of that khilafa then falls upon all of his progeny what does the word khalifa mean it means somebody somebody that you leave behind in order to take care of your affairs it means a deputy it means somebody who is mandated to prosecute your affair on your behalf 
So if you are the Khalifa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the earth, that means those things that a person would pray to Allah for, for help when a person is weak, for something to eat when a person is starving, for something to drink when a person is dying of thirst, for solace when the heart is broken, for justice when a person is mazloom, when a person is oppressed, and so many other things. That as a Khalifa of Allah Ta'ala, you are mandated to help in the acquisition of those things. You don't provide them, Allah provides them, but Allah uses you as a means for the providing of those things. And if He does so, it's a sign that He loves you, and if He does so, it's a sign of your honor. How much honor? The introduction of Sayyidina Adam, our father, alayhi salam, to the angels, was in the context of their superiority, or of his superiority. It was in the context of his superiority over them. The angels are beings made out of light. They are sentient and they're intelligent. Their hearts are pure. They receive the knowledge of wahi, of revelation from the Lord without any impedance. They receive the knowledge directly. And they naturally, and without defect and without hesitation, follow it. It's understood why they are noble and lofty amongst the creation of the Lord. However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam something. That he taught the names to Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam. All of them. And this may be somewhat of an esoteric discussion for the purposes of the Jummah Khutbah. What does it mean for Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam to have been taught the names? And how and why is this mechanism of the superiority of Adam over the angels obtained? However, without going into too much detail with regards to that discussion, it's a discussion that's very interesting and someone should seek that knowledge Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala facilitated for us. The fact of the matter is, is that it happened. And whatever that thing is, whatever that means, to be taught the names of all things. It was taught to Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam. And then Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam was brought in front of all of the angels. And his superiority was demonstrated in front of all of them. To the point where all of them except for Iblis accepted his superiority and all of them were commanded, including Iblis, to prostrate themselves in front of him. And all of them complied except for Iblis. The point is, is what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mandated you and me, you and me, through the right, the birthright of our father Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam, in whatever capacity we're able to, to be his khalifa in this earth. Don't talk about something that happened to the Ottoman Empire a century ago. As tragic as it may be, and it is tragic, and it's something we should talk about and think about and remember, and it is a responsibility, a collective and communal responsibility of the ummah, to establish justice in the world according to the teachings of revelation. But it's not all or none. And there is still a great portion of responsibility of the khilafah, of the vicegerency, of the stewardship of this earth through divine mandate that human beings carry. And instead of talking about those things that you and I cannot affect, if you're able to reestablish the political caliphate, what are you waiting for? Go ahead and do it. I'll give you a fatwa that's far. Go ahead and do it. If you cannot, and I cannot, then let's talk about the thing that we can do. Which is what? Which is that we should 
be stewards of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with some sort of responsibility, with some modicum of responsibility. And we fall short in this matter. We have to remind one another. Some of us will take the reminder, some of us won't. And in fact, the angels already, because of their intelligence, they did the calculus and they understood that there were a great number of human beings that are not going to take this reminder and not going to take this responsibility. When Allah Ta'ala introduced our father Adam alayhi salam as his khalifa, their first response was what? أَتَجْعَلُ فِيهَا مَنْ يُفْسِدُ فِيهَا وَيَسْفِكُ الدِّمَاءَ وَنَحْنُ نُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِكَ وَنُقَدِّسُ لَكَ قَالَ إِنِّيَ أَعْلَمُ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ he said, they said to the Lord, the angel said to the Lord, will you place in this earth that creation that will cause mischief, that will spoil things, that will cause mischief and will spill blood? What need do you have for this creation? While we're the ones who exalt the transcendence of your holy essence above blemish and treat it, treat it as sacred. Allah Ta'ala said to them, I know something you don't know. Meaning there's a secret in this. I know something that you don't know. What was their objection? That they're going to cause mischief and spill blood. The objection is not baseless. The objection is not baseless. And Allah Ta'ala actually validates the objection in a number of places in His book. Allah Ta'ala says in Surah Al-Rum, al-fasadu fil barri wal bahri bima kasabat nas لِيُذِيقَهُمْ وَفِي قِرَاءَةٍ لِنُذِيقَهُمْ بَعْضَ الَّذِي عَمِلُوا لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْجِعُونَ Fasad, fasad, mischief. The destruction of those things that were proper before and laying them to waste. This fasad has become apparent in the land and in the sea because of those things that the hands of men earn. Because of what? Bad deeds. And Allah Ta'ala, it's from His mercy that He makes the evil of those bad deeds come back and hurt us just a little bit. يرجعون, in the hope that when we taste the result of those bad deeds, of that fasad and of that mischief, that we might come back to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. What is this fasad? What is being a mufsid, of being a mischief maker? It is the opposite. It is the diametrical opposite of the khilafah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You and me, we were supposed to be those people that the other humans, when they see us, they see this is a man of the Lord. These are, these are the sisters of the people of Allah. They cover themselves. They act with haya. They act with dignity. These men, they are strong. We can turn to them for help if we ever need it. This beard, this hijab, this niqab, these modest clothing, these modest clothes, we should be able to turn to these people for help. Those things that we would turn to the Lord for help from, we should be able to turn to these people for help from it. What's the opposite of it? That they're here to eat and drink and be merry? They're here to spend money. They're here to destroy. They're here to consume. Consumption, my brothers and sisters, is from the sifat of Jahannam. Consumption is from the attributes of the hellfire. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself in the Quran, He says that on the Day of Judgment, He'll ask the hellfire, 
Are you full yet? Or can you take more? Do you have more capacity? وَتَقُولُ هَلْمِمْ مَزِيد It says, give me more. Give me more. Is there any more? And that's exactly the attitude that we have. More money is not going to solve your problems. I promise you. Better, nicer clothes, they're not going to solve your problems. A better, nicer car, more cars, not going to solve your problems. A bigger house, not going to solve your problems. If they would, tell me something, tell me something in all earnest and all, and all, all sincerity. What, how much is enough? Is there ever a line that you'll get to and you'll say it's enough? And the fact of the matter is there is an answer to that question. If you're starving to death, enough for you to uh, stave off your hunger is enough. If you're dying of cold, enough for you to live in, it's enough. But brothers and sisters, oftentimes, more often than we wish to admit, we crossed those lines a long time ago. And we still have iman, we still have faith. That faith that was supposed to be in the Lord, we have faith in material things that somehow they're going to make us happy. Or sometimes, somehow they're going to be enough. And the fact of the matter is, you will keep eating and drinking, you will keep consuming, you will keep earning and spending until you enter your grave and it's not going to do anything for you whatsoever. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself, in the context, look in the Surah Al-Rum, the context in which this ayah comes. It has to do with the description of the earth and its creation. When Allah ta'ala says, ظَهَرَ الْفَسَادُ فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحَرِ That this facade and this mischief has become apparent in the land and in, this, in, in, in the ocean. We literally see species are going extinct in front of our eyes because of our greed and our overconsumption. We literally see the carbon dioxide in the air has become so high in its concentration, it's acidifying the ocean. You're talking about a species going extinct. What does that mean? Can you, when a species goes extinct, can you bring it back? The answer is not only no, but Allah Ta'ala even gives a parable in the Quran that forget about bringing a species that was extinct back to life again. If a fly dies, you couldn't bring the fly back to life again. Human beings are not creative. Human beings are not creative. This is, flies in the face of a lot of like tech jargon and a lot of, uh, you know, like we're innovating and we're making new this and that and there's endless possibilities. Human beings are not creative. Khalq is an attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the Arabic language, you don't even say, I created this, I created that. It sounds dumb. Human beings are not creative. Someone said, well, we invented an airplane. Or tell me something, where'd you get the idea of the wing from? Human beings saw the way that birds fly and they, they see that, okay, we should have a wing. Where did you get the idea of, of, uh, 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 of you know, propulsion in the water? Where did you get ideas for propulsion in the air? Where did you get the ideas for medicines? Where, you know, like antibiotics, people used to have small infections and they used to die from them. Where'd you get the antibiotic from? Is it someone sat at, sat at home and thought like this chemical will function well with that chemical? No. Antibiotics were already being produced by mold. Someone took it out and used it in a human being. Even the, 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 the vaccine that is being worked on by Pfizer, I believe. And Muslims are touting, oh look, it's a Muslim couple that like invented the vaccine and they're Turks and wonderful, whatever, whatever. Which is great. It's something really you should be proud of, inshallah. Why, why make such a big deal about it? You don't know the vaccines were actually invented by Muslims in the first place. And interestingly enough, they were actually invented by Turks. The Shifa Khana, which is part of a masjid complex in Idirna. 
That was the first place where Muslim scientists, they took weakened uh, forms of, uh, of, uh, of virus and injected healthy people with them and saw that it confers immunity on them. Human beings are not created. Do you think we could have made a vaccine like that from scratch? Absolutely not. We needed something that was already there, already existed. We tweak it just a little bit and that's the extent of our creativity. So what does it mean for an entire species to go extinct? What does it mean for a coral reef to die off? That's not just a species, it's an entire ecosystem for it to bleach and die out. What does it mean for places to flood? And the fun part is what? And I say fun very sarcastically. Those places that are first going to be affected by global warming are Iraq, our Jordan, Palestine, the Arabian Peninsula, Indian subcontinent, all of those places where the major population centers of Muslims live. Not that it should matter. If it affects an animal, it's still our responsibility in front of the Lord. If it affects anybody, whatever their religion is, it's still our responsibility in front of the Lord. But in order to make it even more clear, so that we can make them taste a little bit of their mischief, the evil effects of it, so that they can return back to us, come back to us. It's going to affect the Muslims first. And while materialists are arguing, well, is it man-made or is it natural? Is it real or is it not? What if it's natural? What if it's not man-made? Still, if you're the Khalifa of Allah Ta'ala in the earth, you have a duty to protect yourself and to protect others as well from that harm. But what are we doing? We're eating things and throwing the wrappers away. We're buying more and more. We think that new clothes are going to make us something that we're not. Brothers and sisters, if you're ugly, you could wear the most designerest set of new clothes every day of the week. It's not going to make you beautiful. And if you're a beautiful person, you can wear the same clothes every day of the week and it's not going to make you ugly. And what makes you beautiful and what makes you ugly has nothing to do with the outside shell that is there for a small amount of time and was made to die. And literally, this overconsumption, this keeping the, the, the lights on, burning gas, burning fuel, burning through money, it is causing some of us to die of obesity while the rest of us are dying from, uh, 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 from starvation. This is patently ridiculous. And don't say, look, the Sheikh is giving a, a khutbah about environmentalism. I'm not telling you, did I talk about saving the earth? How are we going to save the earth? We didn't create it in the first place. What I'm talking about is what? You and me have a responsibility in front of the Lord on the Day of Judgment. This feeling, soft feeling that we have inside that somehow consuming more or buying more is going to make us happy. This is what? This is literally killing everything around us, is destroying those things. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala were to ask you to take responsibility of one species that went extinct, how are you going to render judgment for that? But it's happening, it's happening literally right in front of our eyes. How are you going to render judgment for that? And on top of that, how are you going to give the judgment for, give the, fulfill the judgment for, having harmed another human being because of your overconsumption? And who's the beneficiary of this overconsumption? Literally those people who are the most malevolent and have the most mischief inside of their hearts and have the least compunction about harming the creation of Allah Ta'ala. We literally handed them the throne and handed them the crown. Not because 
you know, they, you know, they don't chop people's hands off if they steal. We haven't gotten anywhere close to that. We don't even need to open that discussion right now. We put them on the throne. We put them in the seats of power. Why? Because of our dream that somehow they're going to help us to overconsume and help us indulge our desire for overconsumption. And that's going to somehow uh, make us happy. It's going to be successful for us. And you've seen at the polling stations what it caused people to do, what shameful things it caused people to do. You see the small choices in life that we make, what it causes people to do. So the hasil, the summary of this khutbah is what? For the one who doesn't wish to pray all night or half of the night or a third of the night. For the one who doesn't wish to fast every other day or Mondays and Thursdays or three days a month. For the one who doesn't wish to make khatam of the Qur'an every third day or every week or every month. For the one who cannot make it to the halaqat of ilm of the ulama. For the one who doesn't wish to sit for an hour in dhikr and muraqabah in meditation every day by the hours of the day and night. This is also an act of qurba. It's also an act of proximity to the Lord. It's also an act of honor. It's also the act of somebody who takes the khilafah of Allah Ta'ala seriously. That next time you look at something and think, if I buy this, it's going to make me happy. Tell yourself it's not. Unless not buying it or not consuming it is going to kill you, go ahead and do without. Go ahead and say, you know what? This food would taste better in my brother's mouth. This food would taste better in my cousin's mouth or in my relative's mouth or in my neighbor's mouth. These clothing, this clothes, they would look more fashionable on the back of my brother and the back of my sister. We can share things. We can reuse things. We can buy something used instead of buying it from China in order to fund a, 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 a concentration camp in which millions of Muslims are being tortured to death for uh, uh, not wanting to eat pork or not wanting to drink alcohol. Be done with it, brothers and sisters. Not because I want you to save the environment. The environment belongs to Allah. He'll do with it what He, he, he pleases. One day when He destroys it, all of the recycling in the world is not going to help. But so that that day that we come back to Him, we can at least show face and say, Ya Allah, we knew we had yaqeen inside of our hearts that our happiness and success will only come from you. It's not going to come from all of this stuff. And that if we couldn't completely rectify the system, we also didn't want to completely participate in, in it either. And we boycotted it to the degree that we were able to. If you think that there is a cabal of 15 Illuminati that controls the world, the fact of the matter is there's a lot of us. There's a lot of us. There's way more of us than there are of them. We give them the power in order to cause this mischief. If we were to make small choices that were more responsible, the world would change. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put barakah. Sometimes we do small things and we think it's not a big deal. Again, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is a big deal. May Allah ta'ala put barakah in the choices that we make and give us the hidayah to choose correctly. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wa aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum. Wa li sa'ir al-muslimina fa astaghfiruhu innahu huwa al-ghafur rahim.